This podcast is intended for adult audiences. Over the age of 18, it contains adult language and situations. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to us, and not of any employer, organization, committee, or other group or individuals. This podcast is not intended to be taken as professional advice. Welcome to the Swing Nation Podcast, a podcast by swingers for swingers, where we look to educate others and push back on the negative stigmas and misconceptions associated with our lifestyle. Come with us and share our pineapple journey as we travel the globe, interview the experts, learn and grow together. Join the nation. So Lacey, people are asking, how do they get to go to a party or an event with us? They check out swingersociety.net. You create a profile, you sign up for an event, and you come hang out with us. It's super easy. That's right. If you want to party with us and the other faces and names that you know from social media and TikTok, head on over to swingersociety.net. Can't wait to see you there. Sexual health care can be so much more than STI testing. WISP offers services like emergency contraception, helping delaying your period, UTI treatments, and so much more. They even have a product called the OMG Cream that helps provide more fulfilling orgasms for women. WISP provides same-day prescriptions and can give you discreet treatment in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Check out the link in our show notes or go to hellowisp.com and use code SWING for 15% off. Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code TSN at checkout. Hey there, pineapple people, and welcome to the Swing Nation podcast. We are your hosts, Northern Guy and Southern Girl. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to you all about being outed in the swingers lifestyle. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a big concern for people. It is. A lot of people come to us and say, we're interested, but like no one can find out. And like, is that possible? You're right. Or what, what happens like if you do get outed or... When you guys were outed, how did your fr- family and kids and uh, all react? Yeah. Um, and so we've talked about being outed or, you know, we've probably shared some of our stories in previous podcasts. And I know we did an episode with uh, Daphne and Daddy Mike about them being outed. But uh, I think this is, this is a good topic to talk about because mm-hmm. it definitely seems like it's on the top of a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Okay. I think before we share our story on how we got outed, I think it's important to know how long we were in the swingers lifestyle without being out yeah i think people do they just kind of hear about us so they think that like we've always been out but in fact we were very private for a lot of years and were very successful at being private swingers with no issues like it's really our fault that we got out it right so we were both in the lifestyle as singles mm-hmm. when we met mm-hmm. and um we were single in the lifestyle for years. Yeah. Um, I think maybe maybe two or three years, yeah, something same, like that. Yeah. Uh, and then once we, we met and got together, we were in the lifestyle for probably another two or three years before we were outed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's actually not hard to do, to be honest with you. Um, I, I will say for me, especially being a single female, my mom was always like, where are you going? You know, so I, I did feel like I had to be somewhat sneaky-ish you know like i was a 30 something year old person so like i had the ability to go and do things without telling my mother what i was doing but i had to also like put those boundaries in place which was kind of hard but honestly much needed mm-hmm. um but i did sometimes feel like i was having to be sneaky um even though i didn't have to be i would have to say i'm going out and not give an explanation and that be okay yeah and there's so you know we, we We've kind of always swung this way where we go on vacations or travel. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can remember the first time we went to Hito in Jamaica. You know, we had to do what everybody does when they go to Hito in Jamaica and, and go across the, str- uh, across the street to mm-hmm. the sandals and take our pictures mm-hmm. and take pictures next to the sandals boat. And pretty much 
try to capture vanilla pictures throughout the week and pretend like we were at Sandals Resort, not at Hedonism. Yeah, and I can remember like when we were dating, we would go to Atlanta quite often because where you were stationed, it was kind of like a good halfway point. Mm -hmm. And so we would tell people that, I think I remember telling my, my mom that your boss had a condo or an Airbnb or something there. That they let us use or something. That they let us use. Yeah. And it was a good, like, middle ground. Yeah. And I can remember, like, not having good phone service because we were at Paradise Valley. And, like, she just didn't understand, like, <laughs> why my phone didn't work. But I think, really, it just forced us into, like, being a little bit creative with what we were doing. Right. And I, I will say, though, that it's not a good feeling, though. It's not. It's not. But it can be done. And a lot of people do it. Like, a lot of our friends say we're going. Like, they like events to be in areas that it makes sense to go. Right. Like, Nashville. It makes sense for a couple to go to Nashville for a weekend because it is, like, a vacation-type spot. or like Orlando. So, Orlando. Or like even I candy does their events and pigeon forge. And I know a lot of couples would say that was perfect because it gave them like, Oh, we're going, you know, to spend a weekend in the mountains together. So it makes sense. Like Vegas makes sense. Stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did, I don't know. It does still feel, I can remember when we were private and, and didn't tell people it's almost like, this is so stupid that I have to lie to people. I'm an, a grown-ass adult that should be able to do what I want. And Correct. here I am, like almost like I'm in high school, like trying yeah. not to tell my parents where I'm going or who, I'm with, who I'm with or what I'm doing. Like Correct. But it also, for me, you, I, I liked it. Fun. I liked it a little. And I even, we've even had that discussion about being open and losing a sense of like, we're doing something that we're not. So it's like a double-edged sword. We, we should be able to do what we want to do and we should not have to hide it. But it also does bring an element of like naughtiness. Yeah. Um, Like we're sneaking away and nobody knows. And then we come back and we can't tell anybody because we were so naughty. Like that that is the thing for me anyway. Um, So that is a part of it. Yeah. Well, we've even had that uh, criticism from other people say that like, like, well, you can't tell people about this lifestyle. That's like what makes it fun is that it's, yeah. it's underground and secret and word of mouth. And like, and I relate to that and I can totally agree. But on the flip side, I think making it okay to do the things that we want to do almost outweighs that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a conversation for, yes, it's fun to be sneaky. And it's, it's yes, it's fun that it's kind of taboo and underground. But when people are getting fired and losing mm-hmm. their kids, like at what point does the good outweigh the bad yeah. or the bad outweigh the good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think both of us are of the opinion normalizing it is probably better for Correct. the community as a whole than, than trying to keep it underground. Yeah. And, but I'll be honest, there was a transition period for me where I was like, wait, this is like fun. It being naughty. And I've had to kind of grow into this role. And so, but that's just me being honest. No, no, I, I agree. I, I get that. I, I guess, just having the perspective that I can understand where people are coming from that say mm-hmm. that they like that the community is underground. Yeah. I, I can understand that, but I think we could make a pretty good argument for why we think it needs to be normalized as well. Yeah. But we were very successful swingers. We never, I personally never had like an almost or an oops. I never ran into anybody. We get that question a lot. Did you, what if you go somewhere and you run into someone? I never had that experience, but we also are not going to a swingers club 10 minutes down the road. So if you, if that's a concern of yours is running into someone that you work with or, you know, you might not want to go to your local swinging thing. You might want to drive an hour or two hours away if that's something that you're worried about. Yeah. We've always said that, you know, so we're a few hours from Nashville. We're a few hours from Atlanta. So it always worked for us to, you know, if you get a few hours away from your house, the, the chances of you running into somebody or less, but although, you know, Nashville and Atlanta in our area are, are you know, some of the only bigger swinger mm-hmm. clubs there are. So there, there's still a chance that you run into somebody from yeah. your, your neighborhood or something like that. But then you're kind of, you're both there for the same reason. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of that whole fight club thing is mm-hmm. you look at each other and you nod and you go about your business and you never speak of it again. You know, yeah. and that's, there's plenty of people that do that as well. Well, and now, like when we were private, I never ran into anybody. But now that we've been public, I have seen people that I know and it's not a thing. I'm just like, we know each other. We're both here. We know why we're here. It's like, okay. It's not It's not like a major thing. It's just like, ha-ha, look at us. We're living our best life. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now let's get into the story on how we were outed. And um, 
I almost wish this was a better story. Like, I wish I could be like, we decided to out ourselves so that we could fight for the community. We were idiots. And, and we could, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we started this. We're going to fight for monogamy. And so we put ourselves out there to kind of mm-hmm. take the bullets for other people. It, it wasn't any of that. No, we just were 30-something-year-olds who didn't quite understand the Internet. That's yeah. the, the truth of it. Yeah. So our story is, um, and we can actually kind of tell the whole story now since I'm out about being former military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was deployed mm-hmm. overseas uh, in the army, and um, me and Lacey were married at this time. We had been swingers. We'd you know been living this lifestyle for you know years at this point, and we knew going into that situation that being apart was going to be a struggle for us, and yeah. and finding a, a healthy outlet for our sexual desires was going to be. A, you know, a struggle for us. And we had very open and frank Mm -hmm. conversations about that. Yeah. And we only played together. So we knew that there would be no sex, but we also were very realistic that if sex needed to be needed to happen, that we would communicate with each other. Like if I really had to have sex, I would go to him and say, I really need to have sex with someone. (laughs) And we would work through that together. So we were, very open and honest about our needs, wants, right? And, and, and those, those were genuine concerns for yeah. us. I mean, we we are both very sexual people, <laughs> and so it's like that's a need that we know we need to fill. And if it comes to a point where you know I was supposed to be gone for like four or five months, like if somewhere along that journey you're like, I just need to get fucked. Like I mm-hmm. need to have that. You know, we talked about with you. There were certain swinger couples mm-hmm. that were kind of local, not super local, but close enough to where, and we were good friends with them. That were that could be a, a possible outlet from you. For me, it's like I was in the middle of the desert with a bunch of dudes. There, there might have been a few females around, and you basically said like, if you find somebody yeah. th- that you think you want, as long fuck, as just you included me, me. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we'll talk about it at that point, and so we we entered into that with with these kind of ideas in our mind. Um, so then, once I got over there, it turned out you know I was working kind of this office job, but I had a lot of downtime at night. There wasn't you know like there's not really a nightlife. You're just kind of stuck in your room on your you know on the internet. Like that's mm-hmm. all you really can do. So I you know, I got bored. I started you know I was searching stuff. I was looking at porn and all this kind of stuff, and I was like, man, like what's something we can do to be sexy well truth be told when he left i was like i'm gonna get skinny i'm gonna be hot i'm gonna organize this whole fucking house i'm gonna be the best mom there ever was i don't need sex i don't want sex and so my thought process was put my head down and just like really work on me and our home and our, you know like that was kind of my mindset like i'm not gonna think about sex because i can't have sex so we're just going to focus on the things that we can control. So that's my mindset. But the problem was he was bored because he had nothing to do. And so he was blowing up my phone with all these fucked up weird sexual requests. Like he would want me to like go in the bathroom at a store and masturbate and send him a video. Just anything taboo that I shouldn't do. One, one time he wanted me to go in the backyard. I mean, it was just like all this weird shit. And Quite frankly, I was annoyed because, like I said, I was trying really hard to not focus on sex because it could be very easily. I, I knew it could be easy for me to go down this slippery slope. Now you're getting me to come everywhere and I'm like super turned on. Like I was just kind of concerned what the next thing would be, you know. So it, it definitely we struggled a little bit there oh, yeah. for no, you, a while. You would get frustrated with me and I was like, well, you know, like. You hey, wanted babe, me, but I can't fuck. So like, I need something here. Like, yeah, you wanted me to just do all this stuff, and I just very much just was trying so hard to just not allow myself to go down that path. Right. So what what happened then? So, but I did at some point start taking like really sexy photos for you, mm-hmm. and and I enjoyed it because it made me feel beautiful. I was also like on a weight loss journey. So I was losing some weight. So it made me feel beautiful. And then you would be like super turned on by it. And then I was made, you know, because you were like obsessed with me fucking myself everywhere, (laughs) I would make these videos (laughs) and send them to you. Uh So we were making videos, we were taking pictures and we didn't still have like some text group with our friends and stuff like that. So we were sharing some of that with them. Yeah. They were sending pictures. Yeah. Um, which we had always dabbled. I mean, it's funny because swingers can send some good pics oh, yeah. and videos. So, like, when when people talk about, like, us having an OnlyFans, I'm like, you have an OnlyFans. It's your friends. They just don't pay you for it. <laughs> you know, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, 
But so you were like, let's make an OnlyFans. Right. And this is back when OnlyFans was starting to get popular. Like it was 2020 time yeah. frame. And mm-hmm. I probably got, we probably got a little on the tail end. We weren't mm-hmm. in the front of that, but OnlyFans was starting to become a thing. And mm-hmm. it's starting to become more normal for like moms to have an OnlyFans yeah. page or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I was I kind of proposed, hey, since we have all these sexy pictures, we have all these videos, if you just post them or if we just post them up on this website, one, that'll be there for me to see. Mm-hmm. Two, we can see other people can read, you know, like, you know, can other people can subscribe and then they can interact with you and I'll be able to see that. So it's kind of almost like use that as a sexy outlet. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, like, everybody that knows us thinks that we're just this normal <laughs> vanilla couple. Like, they have no idea that behind closed doors, I'm fucking myself in the backyard. You know, it's in, you know, they had they had no idea that we were going to swinger clubs and swinger parties and that we'd swung on our wedding day. Like, nobody had a fucking clue. We had done a very, very good job of convincing the world right. that we were this normal, happy, married couple. Right. So that's kind of where we were. And then what happened? Right. So you start making videos and pictures while well, are continuing to, and we just happen to upload them to OnlyFans. Um, and because I'm overseas and bored and don't have much to do at night and I'm on the internet exploring, um, I get, I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I get focused on things. Hyper-focused. I get on hyper-focused mm-hmm. on things. And I do a lot of research and I look into it and I read about it. And so because we started this OnlyFans page, I started like, well, how do you get subscribers and how do you make money on OnlyFans? And how do you, you know, because you hear all these stories about, oh, this girl made a million dollars in a month or, you know, you can hear all these crazy but wild stories. that was stories. never our plan. Mm-mm. Never. No. I, you like, I was like, hey, if I could just get the extra money to if I like, make a hundred bucks a month, get I'd my be nails happy, yeah. done or just paying for myself a little <laughs> without taking from like our family Budget, money. Yeah. That was kind of like our plan. Had we uh, went into this thinking we were going to like make millions of dollars or lots of money or anything <laughs> like that, we would have been very disappointed. But our, our plan, I can remember the first time someone sent me $50. It was like a major big deal for us. <laughs> yeah. So I think people think that we went into this thinking that we were going to build what we built. And that was not the case at all. No, we, we really just wanted a sexy outlet while, yeah. for while we were apart. That yeah. was really the whole idea. Yeah. But then I started researching how to make money on OnlyFans, And, and the biggest thing that kept coming up was post TikTok videos. Yeah. And the little side story that I had already been on TikTok, like as far as like a user watching videos, never had made a TikTok like actual video. And I had found swing talk. And I found some swingers. And I do remember thinking that I hadn't seen any of our friends at this time. It was just other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember thinking we could do that better. Mm -hmm. I'd always, and I think I had shared to you and I think I told you like, oh my God, there's this whole like dark side of TikTok where they're talking about swinging and they're talking about kinky and they're talking about all the things that we enjoy. So like I was very much aware that there was this other side. Mm-hmm. So when you brought up the idea of TikTok, it wasn't super far-fetched for me because I had already saw a lot of that and had already thought, well, we could do this so much better. Right. And there wasn't, I mean, when we say there was a few people, there was literally like two or three people. Yeah. Like there was not many people that were making swinger videos or swing talk videos or, or any, I don't even know if swing talk, that was probably a hashtag, but it wasn't like, wasn't one, like it wasn't was. like it was a hashtag that people were using. No. I mean, it was just. It happened to be it was there, but it wasn't like a thing. Yeah. You know? And the people that were on there were like what I would consider like we're kind of middle aged now, but like, you know, in their fifties, um, you know, normal everyday couples kind of look like what when you think of swinging, mm-hmm. they kind of fit that mm-hmm. that scenario. Sure. So uh, so I came to you and I was like, Hey, we can if we make TikTok videos and you know, and you get some views on TikTok. We can then link your bio and the you know link the OnlyFans link in the bio, and then we probably can drive a little bit more people to your OnlyFans page, get you a little bit more money, so you can do your hair and your makeup and your nails and whatever the hell. Again, else. we're thinking like maybe two hundred dollars a month like at this point. Like <laughs> we are not thinking big bucks. We're not thinking anything like yeah. that. We're just thinking, hey, well, that'd be kind of fun. And then yeah. simultaneously, that we're like, well, there's not a like 
we're swingers and that's kind of like a sexy subject yeah and there's some swingers on tiktok but not really any ones that we relate to Mm -hmm. so we could kind of like fill that niche Mm -hmm. so fill that void and see if see if it gets any traction yeah um and so i i I think you were all about it. Like you weren't really hesitant Mm -mm. to that. You're like, yeah, that's cool. Like that makes sense. Like let's do that. Never thought twice about it. And our first TikTok videos are almost funny now to Mm -hmm. think about. It was like. They're very simple. Like Like, I flipped over. Like I was like, tell me you're a swinger without telling you you're a swinger. And I like flip over my earring. (laughs) Like turn my pineapple upside down. I did one with like I happened to have a pineapple door hanger. I put the door hanger on the door with that tell me you're a swinger without telling me you're a swinger type situation. That was pretty much what our first TikToks. Like I wasn't mouthing words or anything like that like I am now. It was very, very simple. Yeah. I think it was the third video you posted. And I don't – do you remember? I think this was the flipping – was it the flipping the pineapple upside down in the grocery cart one that went viral? I don't know. I, and it was one – I think it was that one. It went yeah. it went, it went, went viral mm-hmm. um, and hit 11 million 11 million views. Yeah. And I can remember like being at baseball with my son and my phone was like low. Like I had the notifications on because like now we don't have any notifications of anything on. But like I can remember my phone being in my pocket and it's just like blowing. Yeah. And I'm like opening it up and I'm like, holy shit. And because you were overseas you were like 12 hours different right, so, so you're sleeping, sleeping. Yeah. and i'm like and i think at one point i like called and woke you up when it was like at twenty thousand, yeah. and i was like babe this hold, is crazy this is it's happening oh my god this is happening it very quickly blew up mm-hmm. and at that point everybody knew we were swingers <laughs> we basically outed ourselves um we had no idea like yeah. we thought like maybe 300 people would see it a thousand at most Right. So I guess what what we thought was like, well, we'll probably only get a few hundred views on these TikToks. And then two, we didn't understand that the way TikTok works is it pushes your videos out locally, like Mm -hmm. literally like to the people in your town and neighborhoods first. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how many people react with those videos, it then pushes them out more and then more and then more. Um, So the next day after this video goes viral, her aunt texts her and says, hey, I I saw this TikTok video. No, she said, do you have something to tell me? Uh So just like a backstory about me, I grew up, I live in the same town that I grew up in. Um, Shout out to all of you that listen because we get the stats. We know how many people from my hometown listen, (laughs) but um, I I still live here. Um, I still have friends with the majority of the people that I went to school with my whole life. And so it was a big deal for me because everybody knew who I was. Everybody knew everything about me. So it was just very, very shocking for me. Now, Dan's not lived in his hometown since he was like 17 years old. And he's also in the middle of the other side of the world. And I'm here all by myself. And so for me, it was quite traumatic. I mean, and that seems like a lot to say, like that seems like I'm being dramatic, but it was. I felt like in a matter of days, everybody knew everything about me. And I know I'm being like extreme here, but it was a big deal. I had like made this image for myself where everyone thought that I was just this sweet, innocent, you know, single mom or had been single mom, had just recently got married person that had, you know, lived this like quiet, calm life. And very quickly, everybody knew that I'm a dirty whore. And they really didn't know much about me. They just knew Lacey's a swinger. And it just, I felt like it spread like wildfires. And I, I don't know if it did. I don't know. And this is just me assuming some people said stuff to me. No one said anything mean to me. I will say that. Um, they were all kind, but I knew they were saying it behind my back. Yeah. And I think for people to really understand, like, Lacey would go grocery shopping mm-hmm. and you'd, you'd come back from grocery shopping and yeah, I'm overseas and we FaceTime or whatever. And you're like, I swear the person at the grocery store was looking at me funny. Mm-hmm. Like I, they swore they knew and like, I don't want to go back there and I'm going to order all my groceries online from here on out. And I was mortified. I, you know, I really was. And was I overthinking it? Sure. Did the person in the grocery store really know? I don't know. Probably not. But I knew people 
were talking. I mean, I knew. And they were. They were. I'm not exaggerating about that. But it was just very hard. Like, even going to the dollar store, I was extremely self-conscious going to any kind of sporting event. I knew they knew. Because some parents would, or some, you know, some people were like, hey, we we still love you. It's fine. No worries. But then other people just wouldn't say anything. Well, did they not want to say anything because they were embarrassed? They not want to say anything because they were judging me? You know, I don't know. It's just, I was very much self-conscious about it. And it caused issues between you and I because I felt like you couldn't help me. I felt like I was all alone. And I also felt like you couldn't relate at the time because you had been gone for home for so long that you would just be like, fuck them. You know, like that was kind of well, your mentality. Was, it was kind of the mentality I had is, you know, I was like, listen, like I get people are going to judge you, but this is who we are. Like, this is who we are to our core. This is how we met. This is how we got, this is why we got, we got married. We've, you know, like it's a big portion of our identity or, you know, who we are as people. Um, and I, I don't think we need to be ashamed of that. And if people don't like it, like, screw them yeah and then two i think i also saw the opportunities with you know that the video went viral and all that stuff i'm like hey, we could do something with this like there, there's something here obviously mm-hmm. there's an there's interest in this subject um you know people have questions uh you know because yeah you might have been getting sideways looks at the grocery store but for every sideways look you get at the grocery store five people were texting you and asking you like so how does this work or yeah. how do you do that you or know we I mean? play with single females right. like family members like close friends like all kinds of people reaching out and it very quickly became not about OnlyFans. Like, almost instantaneously. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. Instantaneously? Um, once that account hit 11 million, um, I think people thought, like, oh, we're just in this for OnlyFans. still feel that way. And it very, very quickly switched from, okay, OnlyFans is a thing and it's there, but it is about so much more. But I came to you and was like, I can't do this. We have to take this down. Like, we have to delete this TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it caused quite a big of strain between us because you felt passionately about not deleting it. <laughs> well, I think I, you know, I think I thought, well, one, the cat's already out of the bag. There's, mm-hmm. At this point, there's no point in putting it back in the bag. Two, I, I felt like we had this opportunity with this platform, you know, this the viral video that I, I didn't think was possible to recreate. I thought this was like a one time, like, you know, we, we struck, you know, lightning struck kind of thing. And I thought, well, if we delete this, like one, the cat's already out of the bag. And then two, like, we're just, it's just going to, we're going to delete this and we're going to suffer the negative repercussions, but good. none, none yeah. of the positive mm-hmm. repercussions. And so like my logical brain was just struggling, like, like. What, what what was this all for then like we're gonna go through all this shit with b- people in your town but for for no reason if we just quit at this point you know? and my emotional brain was like fuck all of that <laughs> i want it down i'm gonna pretend like this never happened and just go about my life that was right. my logical brain and it wasn't so much that i was embarrassed of being a swinger i really wasn't embarrassed i guess i was em- i didn't like that i lost control of it you know, like I wouldn't have a problem telling people like and really, honestly, people that are close to me were not shocked. They were like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it was the fact that that was kind of ripped from me. I mean, we did it to ourselves, so I'm not blaming anybody else. But like, I don't know. I just kind of hated that I lost control of it. Like I couldn't be the one to say, hey, this is what Dan and I are doing. And it's better. We, we have a better marriage because of it. It works for us. It feels good for us. Like. It's somebody was telling somebody that was telling somebody. And I think that was what I struggled with the most. Not so much that we were swingers. I was proud and happy and I knew we had a great relationship. I was just that part of it. Yeah. So we deleted the TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't fix anything. The rumors kept flying around town and you kept, you know, more and more people kept saying something to you about Mm it. Uh, And and anyway, to make a long story short with all that, at some point you came back and said, you know what? you're right like fuck this like yeah this is who we are it took a few weeks i had to like let the emotions the high stress i'd kind of like let that all kind of subside and then come to you and be like okay let's do it again what did how did you feel when i was like let's do it again i was like thank you like (laughs) like, yeah finally you you you're you know listening to reason you know um so anyway we got back on tiktok we started posting videos again and then very quickly it, it happened again where yeah. videos started going into the millions, hundred thousands, you know, um, and it all blew up again. Uh, and the same, same kind of thing. And I think, you know, it was a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you struggle. It wasn't, it wasn't, we were never like, okay, it's all Matt, like we're good now. It's still not good. We today. still went yeah. back and forth. There was still a lot of um, drama. It caused drama. You know, we have, we have ex spouses and yeah. there were some, some issues there. We have children, you know, there were some issues there with children finding out, you know, we've, we've been on this roller coaster ride of, of people finding out. Um, we stayed on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. People found out about the OnlyFans and, and even that, you know, I think, there might even be more stigma and judgment about that than there is about the swinging stuff. Yeah, and honestly, like woman, that I have, I have more of a. Um, it bothers me more about the OnlyFans than a swinger, to be yeah. honest with you, because like I'm proud of being a swinger. Like fuck everybody, I'm super <laughs> proud of our lifestyle, and I know that it works for us and it makes us better together. The OnlyFans, I do still struggle with that some. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, how I, I feel the same way about the OnlyFans as I feel about being a swinger. Is we like taking videos and mm-hmm. pictures and sharing them with people. We like being, um, you know, uh, voyeuristic. Uh, we like sharing our, you know, and if people want to pay us to watch that, yeah, like who the fuck are you to, you know, what I mean, like that's all, if we enjoy it, then we enjoy it, and it's kind of the same way with swinging. Like if, if you don't like it or you don't like what we do, then. You don't have to subscribe. You don't yeah. have to see it. Like it's all behind paywalls. It's all it's all legal. It's all on the up and up. Like who are you to judge us? That's how I feel about it. And I get you feel your Maybe. body or se- being sexualized. Yeah, you know some people that are only fans can be degrading and kind of you know get I off. Think of also that being and, a mom, mm-hmm. like I think that you know I worry about you know, but how, I also. Right. Like, if my son was to grow up and have a wife and she wanted to be on OnlyFans, I would totally, you know, like, so there is a, there is a part of me that wants to, like, put it all in a box and just, like, go back to living normal life because that's what, like, society tells us to do. And there's also a part of me that's like, fuck no, I'm going to provide a great life for my family by doing this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Right. And, and, you know, truth be told, without OnlyFans, we wouldn't be able to have this platform that we Mm -hmm. have because it's given us the the freedom to to essentially say like we don't give a fuck what you think mm-hmm. about us we we're swingers and, and we're proud and we're not going to be put back in the box and we're going to talk about these things and we're going to be public on social media about it and if we had a normal nine to five job we would we'd have to worry about what we would other, be censored right, yeah we would be censored mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and even if we could be public swingers we, we still might have to censor ourselves in certain ways you know people would have power over us yeah. right because we would be beholden to somebody that was paying us and mm-hmm. and with only fans we don't have to worry about that we can yeah. literally say whatever the fuck we want and um because we're self-supporting at this point mm-hmm. i agree all right i think with that that kind of it kind of wraps up our story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna hear from the partners and sponsors of the Swing Nation podcast, and then when we get back, we're gonna go over some of the pros and cons of being public. Okay. We'll talk about maybe you know if if you're considering it, some of the things to think about, um, and maybe some of the the need that's out there um, for for people to represent this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we'll be right back. We here at the Swing Nation Podcast are proud to partner with Promescent. Listen, guys, we've all been there. You're having a hot night with a hot chick, maybe a few hot chicks, but you need to kind of delay the time before you pull that trigger. That's where Promescent comes in. They have this awesome product called the Delay Spray. You literally spray it on, and it delays the time that you orgasm so you can make sure that your partner is well taken care of. And as swingers, we're all about making sure our partners are well taken care of. And Promescent Delay Spray is the perfect product for that. Click the link in the show notes below to get yours today. Anxiety can cause ED. Like the kind you get while watching your partner with someone else. You're having the time of your life, yet are having stage fright. Most men in the lifestyle use prescription ED medication for this reason. Shameless Care should be your provider. Shameless is less expensive than other companies and has a 50-state network of physicians who are lifestyle-friendly. Use coupon code TSN for $30 off. Shamelesscare.com. 
Hey, Swing Nation listeners, it's Dan here, and I want to know why you haven't checked out Cassidy.com yet. Cassidy is a lifestyle website where you can connect with other swingers, see lifestyle events near you, and chat with attendees, as well as post travel plans to meet up with pineapple people across the country. We want you to try Cassidy completely risk-free by using the 90-day Elite Membership Trial link in our show notes, or by going to theswingnation.info and clicking on the Cassidy banner under Favorite Apps and Products. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. We appreciate you listening to our sponsors. We love our sponsors. I do. Lacey, do you, do you have a sponsor this week that you're you're particularly in Ooh, love with? I don't know. You don't know? Mm, I don't know. Maybe Shameless Care for keeping us safe. Did you get your test results? I did. I got my test results after Secrets. So uh-huh. if you don't know, we test every three months and we alternate months. So that way we really only have a month that we're not tested so it's your turn we just got back from nashville so i need to go ahead and order yours so basically like he tests one month then we go one month without being tested and then i get tested right and that's kind of how we do it so, so that really way we're never just, more than 30 days between yeah. one of us being tested yeah. yeah so um i think that's really important and that's something that a few years ago when we had this platform i can remember telling him i'm like because we were testing but not we're doing like once or twice a year. Yeah, we weren't super um, – like it wasn't on our forefront. Like we made sure, you know, a couple mm-hmm. times a year that we were tested. But I think I I really have made it a priority for us. And I actually put it in my calendar so I know what day to order the test. So I just think that it's very, very important. Not only for us, like I want to keep you safe. I want to be safe. I also want to keep my friends safe. You know, I don't want to be – I don't want to make that call and be like, guys – I'm sorry, but this is what we this is what's happened and you need to go to get tested. I just don't want to ever be in that situation. Thank God we have never done that, but we've also been very careful. So Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're a swinger out there and you're you're saying you're getting tested and you're you're not, or you're you know, maybe you're only doing it once a year, uh, you know, take the time to to put in the work and and do it. I mean, it's not fun. It's not, you know, it's a pain in the ass, but it, it's really, really important. Yeah. Um, and sh- luckily, Shameless Care makes it very easy. Mm-hmm. They, they ship everything to your door. Mm-hmm. You just drop it in the mail, and then you get your test results um, shortly thereafter. Um, so definitely go check that out if that's something you're interested in. Yeah, because I've been to the doctor to get STD tests. It is awkward. <laughs> I, we're public. think this podcast is like a great one to talk about this because we are public. So I should not be embarrassed because I am public, but it's still embarrassing to have to go to the doctor and be STD tested. So just to eliminate that altogether, just order it from Shameless Care. It's so much easier. Agreed. And then you have your results on your phone. You just save them. And then if anybody wants to see them, you got them right there. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. So we left you off with kind of our story and how we got outed, how we outed ourselves, how we put ourselves on social media and didn't realize that TikTok would share our story across the, the world and, mm-hmm. and all our families and friends would find out. Um, but what would be your message to, to other people who are in the lifestyle and maybe thinking about going public or maybe are concerned about being outed? What, what would some stuff you'd say to them? So I, I've said this this is a conversation I've had quite a few times, so it's easy for me to repeat it. But I was devastated when we were outed by ourselves. <laughs> I was completely devastated. And I'll be honest with you, I still struggle from time to time. You know, I do. However, we have crossed that bridge and we are now on the other side of it. And it is a very, very freeing feeling. It feels so good to live my true, authentic self. And I, I always felt like I... People didn't truly know me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always felt like even with spouses, but like with friends, I only had one other spouse, but so my other spouse <laughs> and friends, stuff like that. I always felt there was a part of me that I kept hidden. And I feel like now people can truly see me and know me for who I genuinely am. I think that makes for more genuine friendships, more acceptance. Um, and if people don't want to be around me because um, we sneak away a few times a month and have naughty time consensual alone, you know, with other people, then that's not a friend that I want to have. That's not someone that I want around me. So I'd rather someone not like me because they know the whole truth than like me for a fake person that they think is, that is here. You know, like I want them to know the true me. 
No, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think, you know, living life as your authentic self is is one of the most freeing experiences I think I've ever been to. And yeah. I, I agree with you. It, 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 you know, we've talked about this a little bit. It's, it's almost, I almost don't remember what it was like, but yeah. I was definitely that person where I was always keeping something back always. or something hidden. And, you know, and I don't, I think, you know, there was a while, I thought there was something wrong with me for a while. Like, you're like, why do I have these wants and desires? Like, why, you know, like I, I have a, you know, when I was married, I have this wife and kids and like, I'm supposed to be this person. This is who I'm supposed to be. Why do I not feel like, you know, I fit into this, this box that I'm trying to put myself in that society says I should, I should be living in. Um, it just, it was always uncomfortable. It was always, it was always a struggle. It was always, you know, and I didn't, I didn't understand. And, and now that we are who we are and, and public about it and talking about it, it, it does feel very, very good. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, I would not go back as hard as this whole journey has been. I would not want to be private anymore. Um, I very much am happy where we are at this point. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a swinger um, and, and you're contemplating this, I think you really have to weigh the pros and cons, right? Yeah. Um, the pros are definitely what you know, me and Lacey just described. You can be your authentic self. You can kind of live your life. You don't have to lie to people when you go places. You, you know, you don't have to kind of keep the part of you hidden. Um, but the cons can be pretty serious. Very much so. We've been very fortunate that we were both raised in families that are very loving and supportive and very open. And we've not we've not lost any family members because of this. Like we don't we've not been shunned from our family. They very much love and accept us. But our we have lots of friends that have not been that fortunate. And it is very sad and very hard to watch your friends parents not want to be in their lives or children not want to be in their lives it's it's very hard and i think people really need to realize that that there's a good chance that people in their lives will no longer want to be around them because of this it's so sad yeah it, it's unfortunate and I, I don't like you said i can't i can't wrap my head around that mm-hmm. um but you definitely if if it's something that you're thinking about going out you know being public or or you know kind of coming out of the closet so to speak you have to really look at your life and the people in your life and, and think about how they'll react to that. And then if you're okay with that reaction. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one, but then two, you almost have to, then you have to look at, you know, can you afford to do that? Right. Yeah. Cause truthfully in today's society, there's a good chance that you could possibly lose your job. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good chance that you could, you know, if you have an, if you have, um, shared custody of children Mm -hmm. you might end up in court with your ex-spouse battling over custody of children Mm -hmm. um because there's is such a stigma that still is out there about swinging that it's this immoral act and people will use that you know morality clauses or just some of these at will states don't to fire you from their job they see you as a risk to their company to Mm -hmm. their brand that that you're going to cost them money because oh they allow they have a swinger that works there mm-hmm. or they support swinging or you know like it's not they're not ethical they're not moral um you know that's a big enough risk to some of these companies where, where they'll just part ways with you yeah. um you know you experienced some of that mm-hmm. you know uh, we, we don't talk about exactly what your job was but um you got you, people reported you to your job mm-hmm. um you got dragged into an office and, and, and you know, from HR and, and they said, That's hey. an uncomfortable situation because they had to open an investigation. Like they had to look at my OnlyFans. They had to basically the claim was that I was identifying myself with my company while I was doing the things, which is not true. That makes no sense. But the company had to confirm that. And so they had to look into it. You know how embarrassing that was? I felt very violated, very um and then I didn't know who knew. Like, who did they report it to at my job? You know, like, what people there know, what, right. who doesn't. Your dear it friends, was, your supervisor. You, you work with a lot of males. Yeah. Um, so it just felt very – and it, it was an email sent with my naked body pictures. Um, and I know people are going to like, well, don't put it on the internet if you don't want people to see. Correct. Correct. But it was behind a paywall. And the person that opened that email did not go searching for it. They were – you know, it was brought to them. But – it's a it's a hard and and 
honestly, you don't have to have an OnlyFans for that to happen. You know, you somebody could find your profile, your SLS profile, and know it's you, even though your face is not in it, and send those pictures. You know, I mean, there's so many things that could happen, and you just you have to be somewhat prepared for those if you do come out. We've had friends that have owned businesses and were, um, we can talk about because they publicly tell the story, Naughty Gym, they owned a commercial gym and they also owned a lifestyle online gym and people associated their gym with swingers. So they lost like something like 50% of their uh, membership to their gym because everyone in town thought their gym was a swinger gym. Yeah. Yeah, it came out, you know, when it came out that they were in the lifestyle and that they were running this this naughty gym, you know, like mm-hmm. people were saying they were making porn and having sex at the gym and, you know, just these wild stories that were just untrue and made mm-hmm. up and, you know, over-exaggerated. And, and yeah, they said, I think it cost them close to half of their business. They, their, barely, their commercial. Sur- they barely survived it, I think, you mm-hmm. know. So um, it, I think those things are all very valid things to think about. Um, I had someone recently say, I'm a teacher it, it cannot get out that I want to participate in this lifestyle. That's something that you very much have to think about. Um, I've had preachers come to me and say, which will let you be the judge of that, but that'll come to me and say, we want to do this, but he's a preacher. How do we do this? I mean, you have to. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I served 21 years in, in the United States army. Um, I got, you know, multiple awards and, and bronze stars and things like that. Um, I, I've had nothing but impeccable, you know, service. Um, we were told that, all, that we were, that, you know, people took our stuff and reported it to, to the military. Um, they never confronted me about it for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they never confronted me. And I don't know if it was just, I had good leadership that pr- was protecting me and they knew I was getting ready to retire. And so they just, they kind of, you know, protected me i i don't know what happened but they, yeah. they never approached me about it or did people not but really, i had yeah. but there you know the point is that there were people that were trying to ruin a 21 year career with these accusations of being a swinger and stuff like that and in reality it's they could have done it, it yeah if i had i had different leadership or people in different positions or you know people not protect me um they, they could have done it and that that's you know why we're so passionate about um bringing awareness to this or, or normalizing this or talking about the lifestyle is because that's not okay. Like that's yeah. not like what me and Lacey do on the weekends with our friends has nothing to do with how I served in the United States army. It had nothing to do with Lacey's job performance at her work. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the way we parent our children, right? Like who you have sex with, whether you're non-monogamous, monogamous, I don't care. There are plenty of moms out there that are single moms that are going and having sex with all kinds of people on the weekends. They might not be swingers, but there's plenty of moms that are doing that. And that doesn't mean they're a bad mom, right? As long mm-hmm. as they take care of their children when they're with them, as long as, you know, they're fed and, you know, as long as they're being a good mom, what they do when they're, when they're, when they're having private times, that's on them. You yeah. know what I mean? And and so that's why we're very, very passionate about this, this community, about this lifestyle. All the swingers, you know, the majority of the people that we've met in, in our time in this community are amazing people, mm-hmm. right? They're very open-minded, very body positive, very sex positive. Um, they don't care, you know, what your religion is. They don't care who you voted for. They don't care what your sexual orientation is. They just want to meet authentic people and have fun. And whether that actually leads to sex or that just is just hanging out and getting to know people and having a good time. Um, they're some of the best people I've ever met in my life have been in this lifestyle community, in the swinger community. And so I think there needs to be protections put in place so that things like, so people's lives aren't ruined just because they get outed for being a, a member of this community. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, so every person has to do that, that assessment for themselves and decide whether they can be public or not public. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the, really the only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say about that. And if you go back and you listen to our episode with Brett from open love.org, um, which is a nonprofit organization that's, that's working to put legal protections in place um, that will protect non-monogamous people from discrimination. If, if they are outed, you know, trying to prevent um, employees and, and, um, uh, building owners and whoever, you know, just trying to protect non-monogamous people from being discriminated against. Um, you know, he said the, the biggest thing you can do for this community, um, you know, if he was going to ask one thing of you is if you're able to be public to, uh, to do that, mm-hmm. 
because representation matters, right? If this community stays underground and people don't realize who we are, they're going to always make assumptions and they're always going to make those worst case assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be key parties and STDs mm-hmm. and, and um, predators and, you know, all of that. That's what people are going to assume. And, and you know, we, we make the connection between us, you know, the non-monogamous community and the, and the LGBT community a lot because I think it's a lot of those same stigmas, right? I mean, you know, the LGBT community was, you know, oh, they're spreading AIDS and they're spreading, you know, they're they're immoral and they're trying to, you know, they're, all these crazy things were said about them over the last 20 years plus. Um, but really here in the last, you know, three, four, five, ten years, um, they've made leaps and bounds uh, for getting rights and, and protecting their community because basically people were out and open, right? People started going to social media and talking about it. People started um, pushing back and saying, hey, we're, we're not all these things you're saying. We're actually normal, good people. It just so happens that we like having sex with different <laughs> genders than maybe you do or the, the traditional norm. Um, and I think that's that's the I think that's the pathway that yeah. the the non-monogamous community that uh, is on, and um, I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and me and Lacey's you know journey since this really started uh, has been that. And like like Lacey said, you know we started this because of OnlyFans, right? To to make money on OnlyFans. But as soon as she started doing TikTok lives and interacting with people, and she started getting questions, and we started getting feedback from people, it very much became like. Hey, there's more to this than just making some money on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And actually, the OnlyFans money doesn't even really matter. Mm-hmm. I care more about educating people. I yeah. care more about shedding a positive light on the lifestyle community so that all this stigma, all this discrimination can go away. Because I truly believe if people really know who swingers are and what they're about and, and, and um, who they are as people, that a lot of those stigmas will, will fade away and go away. I mean, that's why we started the podcast because – People just needed information. They just wanted to know more things about the lifestyle. Um, and so I think that's just why we've come here. And that's, I think, and I think that's why the podcast has been so successful because we just genuinely talk about things that we do, things that we see can help people answer questions. So I just think it all kind of works together. No, no, I agree more. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't, you know, we look over the last, what two and a half years at this point mm-hmm. uh two, been over two years right yeah. so almost two and a half years of um being public swingers so to speak um and it's amazing to see how far we've come in yeah. that last two years if yeah. you think back you know we talked about when we started on tiktok there was like three people and the swing talk hashtag wasn't really a thing and i think now the swing talk hashtag has like three billion views and now um, we don't even use it anymore <laughs> <laughs> and now when we go on on tiktok I see a new face, a yeah. new name, a new couple every day making videos, you know, at least weekly, right? Mm-hmm. There's I don't know half the people who are mm-hmm. we used to know every single swing talk yeah. creator. Mm-hmm. I don't know many most of them now. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see that. Oh, right? it's so good. And I think that's it's a it's a those people felt safe to come out or felt a desire to come out and, and talk and share about their community. Um I hear more about it now. i you know, I start to read news articles and you you see things that mm-hmm. are like Oh, how swinging can be good for your relationship or, you know, it's not just just articles about spreading STDs, you know? Yeah. Well, and we, I, I, we have a TikTok right now that's going viral or maybe it's on Instagram. I don't know what it's on, but it's me doing a tour of Treffy's Fort Lauderdale and a radio station grabbed that soundbite and played it. And I was really surprised. They were nice. They were not mean. They no. were not mean at all. Um, they did talk a little bit about like STDs, and they but they were very positive about like I'm sure everyone's using protection. So I I don't think we would have gotten that same response a few years ago. And I think that's like a group effort, not just you and I, but like I think that's an entire like group of people that are making a difference. Yeah, and you know, it's been our mission since the start to. To you know, shed a positive light on the, the lifestyle and 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 some of the stigmas, and you know that's why we started Swinger Society. That's why we recruited hosts and influencers. You know, that's why we go and we throw events and, and provide safe spaces for people that want to come out and learn more about non-monogamy and the community. I mean, it's really been kind of our life's mission here for the last two and a half years, um, and we've spent a lot of time, effort, uh, money, and, and tears on it. Um, but I feel like it's working. 
Like, I feel like it's working. You know, if you see more and more people every day, if there's more articles, if, you know, you're starting to see it in some of the mainstream like TV mm-hmm. shows where they're kind of hitting on it or talking about it. Um, I, I think we're going in the right direction and I, and I couldn't be happier about that. Yeah. So like to just kind of wrap this up, if you had it to do over again, like the whole us being outed and stuff like that, what, if anything, would you do different? I don't know. I don't know if I'd change anything. I mean, I can, <laughs> there's probably certain people that I wouldn't have trusted or, or got close yeah. to. Um, there's probably, I probably would have, you know, put protections in place for us uh, with in certain areas, um, you know, earlier on, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, we've had, you know, without getting into it, we've had porn leaked across the internet. We've had, you know, people try to <laughs> trademark things of our, mm-hmm. like we've had all, there's been all kinds of drama along, along the journey, which, um, I think that's impossible to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, when we've learned some hard lessons, but, um, overall, I, I don't think there's much I would change. I would change something. What? Well, first of all, I would have just outed ourselves. Like, right. Sure. Like to not, our family and our children. Yeah. I would have like, but again, I think that had we planned to go viral and go like it would have, we would have never have done it. So mm. like I say that, but then like, you know, like, I feel like if we would have tried, it would have never happened. The, the fact that it happened is because probably we had no idea what we were doing. But I think if I could have controlled the narrative a little bit and, like, had the opportunity to sit down with my mother and my dad and my child and, like, had those conversations, I did not have those because they were going to be hard and I was trying right, to avoid them. Yeah. And so, like, the conversation was kind of – I was forced into those situations. So I think, like, had I just been a little bit braver and just had those conversations up front, I think that would have been um, – I agree with that. Yeah. A better – yeah. Also, I do struggle with, like, my bias sexuality because as we were getting outed i had not quite come to terms with that either mm-hmm. so like i had been sleeping yeah. with women <laughs> i had been doing all the things but i had never said i'm lacy and i'm a bisexual i had never said that out loud and then all of a sudden we're like thrown in the spotlight and they're like are you bi and i'm like uh, i don't i don't know i don't talk about that i don't That's talk about it i used to say, used to say yeah. it because i didn't know I think that had I, I think I should have t- came to terms a little bit Embrace better with that. that. More, yeah. yeah, because even now today, some people are like, Lacey's not really bisexual. I think had I like, <laughs> uh, had I like came to terms with it, but I think reality was I was coming to terms that real time in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, no, I, can, I remember those days on TikTok where, you, you know, on TikTok live, it, people would always say, Oh, are you bisexual? And you'd be like, That's a personal question that I don't answer here on TikTok. Cause I didn't know the answer to right. it. Yeah. But truth be told, I was sleeping with girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was having, almost every time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but I just was like, again, it was like a stigma that I was not prepared to. Right. So I feel like in a, a lot of ways I was kind of forced out if that's Mm -hmm. a thing i was kind of forced out um and i didn't i didn't get to control that either so Mm -hmm. those are the two things i would change those are both good i i I definitely agree with the we should have sat down with our family Mm -hmm. and had that conversation earlier yeah um both our parents and our our children because i i think they we and we did certain kids we we got we got to tell them first but there was certain families we did but overall yeah it wasn't everybody Mm -hmm. Um, some some people the internet got to before we got to them Mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate because i'm sure they probably didn't make them feel good you know what i mean like no i'm sure that was like hey you're posting this shit on the internet you can't even tell me about it like (laughs) yeah yeah no no i agree yeah yeah and so if they're listening which i hope they're not but if they're listening (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry or maybe they'll listen to this one day. One day. Because it's, you know, what you put on the internet is there forever. Forever, yeah. So maybe they'll listen to it one day um, and they'll hear that we didn't handle that well. We didn't. Because we were scared. The whole, that's what it boils down to. Is we were scared. We knew it was going to be a hard conversation. And I think we were just hoping to avoid it as long as possible. <laughs> Which is not, that's not, not how to way. do it, that's guys. Not how, that's not the proper that's way not to handle it. Learn from us. Yeah. So, okay. But that's it. Um, so, yeah. That's that's our take on on being outed. It's it's super fucking scary, but it's um, super fucking rewarding. And you can survive it. Yeah. Um. But not everybody can like financially. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like you have to look at your life and see if it's something that you can you can um survive. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you look at your life and the answer is yes, we can survive it. You outing you doing it is only going to benefit everybody else. 
Yeah. Right. So hopefully those people that are looking at their life right now and be like, there's no way I can help myself because I'm going to get fired and I won't be able to feed my children. If more of us people that can do it out ourselves, then eventually they it'll can. pave the road for mm-hmm. the other people. Mm-hmm. And that's really the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that that sums up um, being outed. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's Thursday. We just got back from the red room. Mm-hmm. That was a good. That was a, that was a party. It was a party. It hasn't happened yet, but it was definitely a fucking. I know it was a party. We are pre-taping this. I am somewhere in New England. Moose hunting. I'm probably cold. Yeah. I have a gun. I have orange hunter's orange on. Yeah. Uh, are you dirty? Probably wearing some LL Bean shoes or something. Like I'm. I'm doing it. You're doing it. Maybe we've already shot a moose. I don't know. Might well, have already got one. So Dan is going moose hunting. What that boils down to, and I'm staying home and going to TJ Maxx <laughs> and living my best girl life at home. Alone at home. Yeah. And then we're going to, when I get back, we're going to be getting ready for the Bliss Cruise. We are. We're going to be uh, a host couple on mm-hmm. the Bliss Cruise. So if you're going on the November Bliss Cruise, definitely come say hi to us. We'll be hanging around with the, to- the uh, Topless Travel people. We'll be uh, doing whatever they have us do. I'm not, they haven't really told us <laughs> what they no. want us to do yet, mm-hmm. but uh, that's where you'll find us and definitely uh, look us up. Um, and then we'll be at Club Euros mm-hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee on December 2nd. Yes, it is not a swingers society takeover. However, we're just going to go and have a great time. Um, a lot of our friends will be there, so we would love to see you. It's not a very big club. I'm surprised it's not sold out. It might be for all I know. Yeah, it might be. We don't know. But check out their website if you'd like to come. And then January, we'll be back at the Red Room mm-hmm. for our New Year's party. It's like middle of January. It's, it's like a glitz and glamour. It's not really New Year's theme, but kind of New Year's theme. Yeah, it's, it, mm-hmm. it could be a good way uh, to ring in the to year. ring in the new year. Start your new new year off. Yep, bring it in with a bang. That was actually the ne- the name of our last New Year's party. Yeah, uh, and then we're going to Club Tempted in um, Louisville, Kentucky. I'm really excited. about The brand that new one. Club Tempted. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, uh, and then in March. Back to Secrets. Yeah. For our forever young party. Mm-hmm. It may be sold out by the time you're listening to this. It may not be. So check out swingersociety.net. <laughs> There's 20 rooms left as yeah. of right now. So if it is sold out, um, you can just email admin at swingersociety.net and get on a waiting list. The good thing is we typically can fulfill a lot of those waiting lists. So I would recommend getting on that. Yeah, people always book, you know, not knowing their plans and then. Then it doesn't work out and they have to cancel. So mm-hmm. definitely if it's sold out, get on the waiting list. Yeah. All right. What do you think, babe? I think that's it. Sums up this episode. Okay. I think with that, guys, in a world full of apples. Be the pineapple. Be the pineapple, guys. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed our podcast and want to support us, leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you want to see more of our content, you can find links to Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, and more in the show notes. Come join the conversation with us and other Swinger content creators on our Swinger Society Discord server. If you have questions or feedback, email them to us at theswingnation at gmail.com. Make sure you head on over to theswingnation.net and keep up to date on all things Swing Nation. We thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.